fabulous. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13. And we're going to talk about the parable of the soils uh, this morning, which really isn't the parable of the soils. It's the parable of the sower. Will, I was thinking about uh, the study uh, run for God, and uh, you can do that this year. And next year, I got the next study for you as well. Uh, it's uh, something about farming, something about farming. Uh, I know you love that as well. And a- as we look at the uh, these parables, especially this section, uh, it's all about farming. It's all about growing. In fact, uh, the sections right after this uh, take different uh, aspects of farming as well. Uh, and I, I know that some of us... Uh, how many of you think farming's great and you kind of enjoy it and the idea of getting your hands dirty and stuff like that? You like that. Go ahead. Uh, uh, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not much of a farmer. I, my dad was, and uh, I didn't like it. Um, I was just the the one that was supposed to do the work to the head farmer, and he'd point around. and uh, But... I think about that, it's really a miracle, isn't it, that anything grows, especially here in Tehachapi. Uh, it, it feels like a miracle when something grows, and when you can go to your table and eat something that came out of your garden, boy, that that's just amazing. It goes from just a piece of dirt uh, to putting the seeds in there and preparing the soil and everything getting right, and then uh, the... Uh, plant comes up and then somehow some way it produces something and then you get a benefit from that that's a lot of steps isn't it uh, especially with all the challenges of water weather uh, varmints and wh- whatever else goes on uh, it, there's a lot of different things that could go wrong this morning we're going to look at the explanation of the parable of the sower and as I thought about this, and much like this running parallel, he goes to farming here, Jesus does, as he shares this parable. I, I'm tempted always, and I, I know I said it probably ten times a couple of weeks ago when I looked at this, the parable of the soils, the parable of the soils. But notice this, this morning, that it's not the parable of the soils, but rather the focus is on the parable of the sower. The, the sower is the focus. Um, Jesus has been teaching already. He, he's already had ministry up to this point, And it's been mainly focused on these two things, teaching and miracles. Jesus has taught and he has done miracles that no one could deny. They, they were, his fame was going throughout the area um, in fact, this is why I believe this group had gathered as he shared with them on the beach. But this morning, I, I want to remind you that this explanation is for his disciples. Uh, we looked at the last two weeks that he, he shared the parable to the masses. But then the disciples asked, why do you speak in parables? Why are you sharing these stories uh, that need explanation 
why are you talking in stories instead of saying it plainly? And he says, because I've already said it. Because hearing, uh, they don't hear. And, and seeing, they don't see. Uh, and now he is gonna, he's turning to his disciples and he's explaining <clears throat> this parable of the sower. If you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you, <clears throat> starting at verse 18. God's word says this, Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and, and, and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on the rocky ground, uh, this is the one who hears the word, immediately receives it with joy, yet has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation and persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the wor- word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word And it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on the good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. Uh, He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. God, we ask that you would guide our steps. Um, God, we need to acknowledge that sometimes hearing we don't hear. Um, there's blockage in our heart. There's things holding us back from giving ourselves to your word. And sometimes seeing we don't see. Uh, we might be able to understand what's going on, but um, we choose to believe otherwise. God, do a work in our church right now as we look to your word, both in individuals and us as a whole. Uh, God, thank you for the time in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I want to start by talking about some general thoughts about the sower. Verse 18, he says this, Hear then the parable of the sower. The sower. Uh, He could say it this way, but, but he focuses on one aspect of farming, is the planting. He Here, acknowledge and, and look to the one who plants. And as we hear that, we think, well, what's the big deal with planting? What is so unique about the one who is the planter, the one who sows? You picture him out there with a bag slung over his shoulder or a basket, and he's putting his hand in and he's flinging the seed. He's sowing seed. And planting day uh, is pretty exciting. It's not as exciting as harvest day, but it is exciting because there's great hope for what is going on. The The sower is planting seeds, picturing the harvest day sometime in the future. The sower is sowing the seeds. It's not him who is going to stay there. He is putting these seeds onto the ground that they may go and do this work, that they might come alive and grow and produce. 
It's interesting in this passage, it seems that the sower is unconcerned where the seed falls. Does that stand out to you? As I read this, I think, why is he planting or why is he throwing seed on the path? You even look to the the next two sections that he speaks of, the next two soils, and, and you go, well, why wasn't that soil prepared? But you have this picture of the sower uh, almost indiscriminately throwing the seed, both on the path, the rocky soil, the, the ones with thorns in it, and the good soil. The, the, the seed has just been cast out, flung out onto the ground. <clears throat> you, you get this picture here, and you, ask, you need to ask the question, well, who was Jesus? Well, this is what he was doing, right? Jesus was a sower, he had a message and and he was throwing it out to all who would listen. He was giving it out. There was no tickets to get into the show. There was no uh, entrance fee. He didn't stop them at the door and say, are you smart enough? I don't know if you're smart enough. Do you really want this? But But there was this sense of Jesus was speaking to everyone. He was the original sower. But you also have to ask the question, who is he speaking with? The next group of sowers. He was the sower, but they were the next group of sowers. That they were going to, as Jesus left this earth, that he was in preparation of them, that they would now take upon this task of sowing. And I want to even connect it one more. Somewhere down the line, in the generations to come, we land here at Bear Valley Church. That somehow we are in this line of sowers coming from Jesus. That Jesus uh, got his disciples, those who followed after him. They were sowers of the seed of the word of his kingdom. And now, somehow down the line, we now too are sowers. find it interesting and maybe it's because i'm always worried about money but uh what was he doing with the seeds why why would you not want to plant on the path because in the burpee seed catalog it's very expensive to buy seeds and seeds cost money and if seeds cost money there's a sense where you don't want to fling them out there. You want to place them only on the good soil. In fact, some of you would say last year it wasn't worth it. So I'm not going to do it this year. And there's this sense of, oh, no, uh, I have a limited amount of seeds. So I should be very careful and stingy with these. And yet the picture of Jesus as he shares the the sowers unconcerned unconcerned it's like he has a unlimited supply of seed as he goes about his sowing so much so he's just flinging it around both on good soil and on bad he's not cheap with the seeds so one of the thoughts that i have just initially as i as i can sow seeds throw it out there 
Don't, don't, worry, don't worry about soils. Don't worry about the cost of the seed. Go. Do. Put it out there. As you look at this, you, you see, and maybe you've already caught from that first section, it's not all going to produce the same. It's not all going to be effective. It's not all going to come to fruition. But it's as if he's saying, don't worry about that. Some will. Some will. So sow seeds. It's a work of God. Jesus doesn't say, let, let me explain to you how things grow. So that you, I want to tell you, um, I don't care who you are here this morning. You don't have a clue about how things grow. You don't have a clue. You say, well, I went to college. You know, I studied all those things. (laughs) All those ologies, right? (laughs) Sorry, Mr. Henderson. Uh, You see the process, you understand the the components, the seed and what happens to the seed and uh, how it needs this, the sun and the soil and the nutrients, the water, you know, and you know, and you say, well, at a certain time it becomes like this and it flowers and buds and then it produces fruit. And then after a while it grows and then then you pick it when it's, and you say, so I understand. No, you don't. You, You understand what happens. But it's a work of God. It's a work of God. You have no idea how it happens. You just know what happens. You see what happens. You you know what? Uh, You don't know anything about the weather either. Nothing. Nothing. And you say, yeah, I do. Uh, You know, you, you can tell weather patterns and this and that. Well, where do the patterns come from? Like, and why are the weather reports so wrong so often? Why? Because we have no idea. We have no idea how it happens. Oh, yeah, we do. Uh, you know, there's evaporation and the clouds. and the, you, know, you don't know. Why? Because it's a work of God. And as we come to, uh, if God is in control of anything, and He's in control of everything, He's definitely in control of the change of a heart. The work that he does within someone, that the seed gets uh, put into their heart and it grows and it, and it produces. It's a work of God. We don't understand the work of God, but we can see its effects. So we look to the seeds of faith and we look at, at verse 19, seeds on the path. And I, I want to tell you that... Uh, as I've studied this and thought about this for the last few weeks, this might go on for a while, this whole idea of the, uh, the parable of the sower. Next week, we're going to talk about the next two soils. That's my plan. Um, and then the following week, the last. And, and I'm so excited about this. And you say, well, have you figured it out? No, but I have a lot to talk about. Okay. Uh, maybe I'll never have figured out what's going on in this passage, but there's so much here that we could talk about and so much that applies to our situation right here and so much applies to the way we stick out a hand and call people to the gospel. 
This morning, um, as we look at the seeds on the path, the verse 19, look down at it again. Re- read it in your Bibles. Um, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. You have the picture of the path, and we talked about this two weeks ago. It's the place where the ground has been compacted. Over time of people walking along the path, it's compacted. And it's hard. As the seed is flung out onto that path, it bounces. It doesn't find its place and go down deep. It bounces. And so it's sitting there right on top and it gets this picture of a bird, the evil one, coming and eating that and taking it away and destroying it. That it never comes to fruition. It never has any part of a growth at all. And if it doesn't grow, it doesn't produce. It doesn't produce. This is what happens. And he says, this is what happens when seed is flung on the path. And he describes this in being clear that there's nothing going on here. This is, uh, it's not just ineffective. There's nothing to talk about. There's no sense of growth. There's no sense of profit to this. I want you to look down on there and ask the question, why? Not, Not from an... A farming aspect, but what does it tell us about uh, this message? What does it tell us about the message? When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it. May, may that ring in your ears that they do not understand the word of the kingdom. This tells us the first problem with a gospel message penetrating hearts. It gives us that first step, that most important thing as the gospel message is shared and how it is to be received. It's understanding. It's understanding. You see this word of the kingdom and you say, well, why isn't it called the gospel or the gospel of Jesus Christ? Uh, It's a progressive thing as we look at the gospel here. Jesus has not died yet. He stands before them and he describes his message as the word of the kingdom. The message of the kingdom, if you will. It's interesting to me and I don't cross reference much. But this verse came to my mind as we were as I was looking at this in John chapter five, verse thirty nine. Jesus was speaking And he was correcting and he says, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you you might have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness of me, of me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. Jesus is sharing with them the, the most important and elementary principle of getting life, of becoming uh, productive. I want to even say successful, but that word's been ruined because we think of success as some kind of career move. 
some kind of uh, financial thing. But the way I want to use that this morning is successful as a person, as, as one who produces, as one who becomes what you were created for. And I want to tell you that has nothing to do with your career. That has nothing to do with your financial status. It has everything to do with what comes out of your life. Jesus is sharing with them this message. And he he says this. When someone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, that's like the seed on the path. Hears the message, but doesn't understand it. That's why this morning, as I as I consider this passage, I think the first thing that we need to be mindful of for our own hearts, as well as those around us, is do they understand the message? Do I understand the message? First and foremost, do I understand the message? And then secondly, as I communicate this message, do they understand the message? It's the fatal flaw. It's the thing where we can't get, uh, we can't even start at first base without this, okay? Do you understand the message? Uh, that's why it's important clarity, especially with the gospel message. There's many things we don't understand, but as we share about Jesus, are we clear? Are we clear? If one does not understand the message, this is what happens. It doesn't matter how many times they've heard it. It doesn't matter uh, what situation they were in. It's as if that seed was thrown out, but it landed on that path and it was eaten up. It was destroyed. Um, The enemy had his opportunity and he took it away that it would not change the heart It was meant for the effective work of the heart, but it's gone. Those seeds were sown. Uh, So some of you here this morning are like, you know, that's discouraging to to picture those seeds bouncing. I I don't know if I want to be a part of that. Hey, I want to tell you, that's what farming is. If you want a, a sure thing... If you want a sure thing, uh, do something else other than farming. Uh, Very difficult work. Very difficult work. But I want to tell you, Jesus was a sower. His disciples were sowers. I believe that in that line that he calls us to sow as well, to throw it out there. I want to talk to you about the gospel message. And this is what we'll end with uh, this morning. And I want to talk about the gospel message, but really the word of the kingdom. And this uh, kind of is a summary of what Jesus has taught this far about his kingdom. And as as you look on in the history, you got book of Matthew starting with Jesus' early life and then him uh, into his teaching ministry. And it will go through his death, crucifixion, and even the sending out of the disciples. 
But I, I want you to know that this same message, it's not a different message, the message of the kingdom. It is the gospel message, but just prior to Jesus dying and, and, and rising again. It's, it's the salvation message, if you can hear it that way. It's following after Christ. The components of the message, and this is in my desire to make this clear to you. And this, I believe, is what they would have heard from the teaching and the miracles of Jesus. Is The, the first thing I would want to point out is, is this. There is a different and infinitely superior kingdom. You, you picture uh, the people in the book of Matthew... And what's going on is they have their lives. They have their lives. They're going about their building their own little kingdoms, following after other people who are building their own little kingdoms. And Jesus comes on the scene, and this is what he shares with them. I have a different and, and far superior, far superior, infinitely far superior kingdom to present to you. And I want you to get this. Jesus is calling them away from the kingdom that they're at. Away from the life that they're living. And calling him, calling them to him. Jesus is calling them away from their kingdom to his kingdom. This morning, I want you to know that if you think you can keep your kingdom and follow after Christ... It's not going to work. You, you have not understood the gospel of Jesus. The second point I want to point out uh, from the teaching thus far is Jesus is the king in that kingdom. Jesus is the king in that kingdom. And that you need to exchange the kings that you're following right now. Will mentioned in the study that it's going to go on, run for God, uh, talking about idols, talking about idols. Jesus realized as he looked at uh, the people, and as he had compassion on them, he realized they were following other kings. And Jesus presents himself in this new kingdom, this new way of living. He says, I am the king. I am the king. You need to trade kings. You need to trade kings. The one you're following from me. This is the clear message of the kingdom. That you can't, you can't keep and trade and, and kind of go king by king depending on which works for you today. In Jesus' kingdom, he is the king. And you need to exchange all other kings for him. Third point. Um, this may... It kind of flows together. You are not the king. You are not the king. Um, You're not the king. This one's a little bit longer. But you can be an insignificant servant in the kingdom. And it'll be great. That's the last part. And it'll be great. Okay. This is the problem. This is the problem with all of life. And this is the problem with Bear Valley Church. Okay? Trying to make it clear. 
is sometimes when we hear kingdom, you say, yeah, I like that. That sounds great. I, I, I pictured those. I've traveled Europe. I've seen those castles. Kings get castles and uh, you get to be a part of the kingdom. And I've watched those movies and they're great. And and I get to be a part of that. So I get to be great. Uh, I I, want to point this one. You may think it's a subtle point, but it's not. In this new kingdom, Jesus is the king and you're not. So don't act like a king. Don't worry. You have a role. You have a role. It's the role of an insignificant servant. And when I say insignificant, I'm saying in the midst of all the work that's being done, your position, role, job, whatever you want to see it, is insignificant. No one's going to look at you and say, boy, are you great. And that's good. And that's good. And it'll be great for you. And and you know what? There's a thrill of serving in his kingdom. Why are we so unhappy? Why are we so depressed? Why, why is life not working out for us? I'll tell you why. Because you're not playing the role that you were designed for. When you seek to be great... When you seek to be king, when you seek to be better than the people around you, it doesn't work out. And it's frustrating. And, and, and you'll, you'll live your days either trying to be great or wondering why everyone isn't acknowledging that you're great. That's frustrating. But there's a thrill, a thrill when you find your spot that the Lord has intended And you get to be his insignificant servant. And what's great about that is you love your role and you see it. I'm just a part of his kingdom. And that's enough for me. You're not the king, but you can be an insignificant servant in his kingdom and it will be great. Fourth point. You are not fit for his service. You're not fit for his service. You say, whoa, he's up. He's up. No, I won't. You're not fit for his service. You're not fit for that insignificant job of service. You can't do it on your own. You're not qualified. You're damaged goods. It, you're you're not trained properly. You're not fit for his service. But by the grace of the king, you will be. By the grace of the king, you will be. This is what uh, the people in the book of Matthew that Jesus was uh, speaking to, which they just couldn't get, is they said, Jesus is talking about his kingdom and that he's going to be king. And even his disciples didn't get this. We're going to speak of them too. But, but, and, and this strikes a chord for us. Hey, what is it that I'm supposed to do? Well, Jesus wants me to do this and go, great, I'm going to go do it. 
I'm going to go do it. And then I'm going to serve him and I'm going to come back and tell Jesus how great I've served him. And he's going to be so pleased with me and everything's going to be great. I'm going to be great. We're not fit for his service. Jesus did not say, hey, go, go out and serve me. Go out, do it on your own. But he's a king that stands by our side. He's a king that wants to transform our life, to train us, to change us, that we might be fit for his service, that we might be able to accomplish what he calls us to. The last thing I want to tell uh, this message of the kingdom, this gospel of the kingdom, it's a work of God. It's a work of God talks about different soils it's all the same seed right the seeds the same the sowers the same but the soils are different and on that first soil doesn't work well why because the ground's compacted and the birds come and the seeds gone and it's destroyed you say well how can it be different one of the questions that i had beginning this study is this how can a soil change itself It doesn't tell, right? Why? It's a work of God. It's a work of God. And if we think that we can do this sowing work without the work of God, the participation of our loving uh, Savior, being part of the plan of the Father and the Son, we're wrong. We're wrong. It's a work of God. This morning... I want to ask you, uh, do you understand the message? And not that you understand everything about everything when it comes to Jesus, but do you understand the message? Do you understand that there's a different kingdom, that you need to come away from the life that you've been living, your own kingdom or somebody else's? Do you understand that in this new kingdom, there's a new king, his name is Jesus? Do you understand... uh, that in this kingdom, he's the one. So you got to exchange all others. But you are not the king. You have a place. It's a place of an insignificant servant. One that you, you can't even handle that. Apart from the work of God. Do you understand the gospel? Is this the gospel that you're following? Is this the Jesus who is your king? Please join with me in prayer. Father God, we have spoke in these last few minutes about your work of saving souls. And I ask that you would do that work right here. Ask that uh, if there are any here today who don't know you, that this would be their day. Uh, that They understand the gospel that you have shared. And that they accept it. That it doesn't bounce along the path, but uh, seeks sinks in deep into their heart the place where you have desired to work do your work in hearts do your work in this church may we find our place in your kingdom we thank you in jesus name amen thank you so much for being here today Uh, you are dismissed